Hey, this is Alex Kola, and you are listening to another episode of the GTM Mastery Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about how to break into tech sales, no matter if you are already in sales, if you are in another role that is not sales, or if you are a college grad. With our guest, Saif Kuraishi. Enjoy the episode. If you can't learn how to close, you better start thinking about another career. And I am deadly serious about that. The reason for the call today, John, is something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. If you have 60 seconds, I'd like to share the idea with you. Hello, Saif. How is it going? Hey, it's going really well. Um, my name is Saif, and uh, it's it's been you know fantastic meeting you the first time getting on and getting on here to do the podcast and i'm really excited yeah i'm excited because i think you're one of the first guests that actually have like a really good mic and um so you uh dear listeners will hear a very very high quality audio podcast but not only from the audio because um we have a brain here with saif and i think we had a very very structured um prep and we are talking today about breaking in to Texas. So basically a dream that a lot of salespeople have. And also maybe a lot of people, I don't know, I haven't dreamed about getting into sales when I was 12, but um, I think when people grow older, they really want this. So we have Saif here who will tell us how to do it in a um, very structured way. And also um, for people who are college grads, who for people who are already in sales, for people um, yeah, who just don't know what to do, but maybe want to break into Texas. Um, so everyone is covered, everything is covered, but I want to start, um, Saif, by you just uh, introducing yourself and uh, just tell us a bit more about what you're currently doing. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm formerly an enterprise account executive, which is a tech sales role uh, where you're basically selling large accounts. Uh, typically, the values of those accounts can go you know, well over $100,000 in terms of contract value. And from there, I transitioned over more recently to becoming a content creator and a solopreneur. And uh, you know, there, there, it's been a long ride kind of going there uh, from the start to finish. Um, but I'm happy to talk more about that as well. Yes, that is amazing. So how did you even end up in a go-to-market function uh, or in sales? Yeah, it really started at a young age. Uh, my parents were both entrepreneurs, uh, both immigrants as well, who came to this country and really started from scratch. Uh, my mother is a physician and he, she has her own business. Um, and, you know, they basically had to, to start that business from scratch. Um, but when I was younger, I think naturally, I found ways to just make my own money kind of on the side, uh, doing things like selling clothes. I would sell like luxury clothes or like watches. I found these little areas of uh, leverage or arbitrage where I could find items that were underpriced uh, because I understood, you know, kind of the quality and understood what they were actually worth on the market. Uh, and then I would find these large retailers uh, and kind of take their descriptions and take their, their copywriting so I didn't have to do it all my own and j just flip the items 
so if I could buy it for maybe 25% of the price, I would sell it for 50%, which for me is still good because I'm making 100%. Um, so rather than, you know, I had friends that maybe would work regular jobs uh, in addition to going to school and, and they would work several hours and maybe get paid minimum wage, you know, I could get the same amount of money that they were making in a day, probably in about an hour's worth of time putting my stuff online. Uh, so it's really yes, nice. That is the entre- that is the entrepreneurial <laughs> talk. I love it. I love it. And um, I saw you went to Harvard and you m- m- basically did your master's there, right? So yeah, I can... yeah. Go ahead. So yeah, I'm, I'm always talking to salespeople, of course, because I have sales podcast. Wow. Um, and they all telling me, yeah, university taught me nothing about sales. Like, what did Harvard teach you that uh, made you get successful in sales? Yeah, so the program I completed uh, was through the extension school, and we were able to kind of take uh, different courses from you know many of the different schools. So I took schools uh, courses from like the School of Economics and um, other schools within uh, the university as well. Um, I don't think that any of the, the coursework necessarily, especially like in regards to business or finance or anything like that. Uh, really translated over. It was more towards working in maybe a corporate um, environment, more as like in a managerial role or in a, in a you know financial role. Sales, a lot of it, I think, involves interpersonal skills. It involves uh, just pure experience. Um, but I will say that some of the courses I took, uh, like consumer behavior, uh, understanding kind of the psychology and um, things like you know what makes people actually make purchasing decisions and the psychology behind it were were relevant, um, but I w- I wouldn't say that it necess- it's necessary to have uh, any kind of uh, an elite education to go into sales, um, but it does prepare you for what comes after sales, and that's another thing I want to talk about during the podcast is you know if we look at sales as kind of an entryway into a great company, which I think it is for a lot of people, especially if you have sort of like, let's say a liberal arts background, and maybe you studied like fine arts, or you studied literature or something, which doesn't, in a lot of people's minds, doesn't really translate over to, you know, uh, getting into, you know, a really high level position at a company. But sales is a great way to actually get your foot in the door at a great company. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion as well. And you earn a good money, right? And um, I think it's one of the few jobs where you actually um, don't pass through without like really delivering um, and just like snugging your way through. So it's really, you have to um, do or die, um, stay or uh, yeah, if you don't deliver, leave. And that is, I think, a very, very honest job, but it's a hard job sometimes. So um, why do you think it's hard, yeah. Um, why do you think people even want want to go into tech sales? And how do I find out the tech sales is something for me? Um, because I have also the feeling early stage startups, first sales jobs, uh, juniors, let them cold call, and they basically want never or they basically quit and never want to do anything with sales again. So um, yeah, two questions: Why do you think so many people want to go in sales? And second, how do we even find out that sales could be something for me? Yeah, so I think you alluded to it earlier. It's it's the draw of the the money, uh, and some people, unfortunately, I think, get lured into thinking that tech sales is kind of this get rich quick scheme, 
which it's really not. <laughs> um, you can get rich, but it requires a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, skills that a lot of it, sometimes you have to learn on your own if you're not at kind of one of these top tier organizations that really train you. Uh, sometimes you get trained, but it's like really outdated, uh, you know, training that, that's kind of generic uh, and maybe just doesn't really match the current situation or meta of sales. Um, but I think one thing that, that people are really attracted to, especially you'll notice people that have an athletic background or people that are used to, you know, working really hard and wanting to see the payoff. Like if you go to the gym, uh, and you've been working out and, you know, you want to be able to see that, okay, the weights that I'm doing are increasing or this, you know, my muscles are getting bigger. Um, there is that element of it in sales where it's like, okay, if I work hard, there's this feeling of merit. And that's what I really liked about it. I know that if, you know, in a normal job, I were to work really hard and I have a colleague maybe who just slacks off, comes to work late, you know, doesn't do their work on time. Maybe their work is piling up and other people do their work but they're getting paid the same <laughs> as me, you know, and, and that bothers me inside. It's like, man, I'm working hard. I should be getting paid more. Or, you know, I have more skills and I'm developing my skills and I'm getting the payoff for the business. So I think that's one thing that's really attractive about sales, much like being a high paid athlete for like Formula One or for one of these teams, you know, you're going to command a higher salary and higher commission potential if you're able to deliver on the results. Um, but I will add a caveat to that too. There are a number of different factors that can really just make your life a heaven or a hell as a salesperson. So there are a lot of things that you don't know when you're not in sales that are outside of your control. So there are things like your territory, your manager, um, your quota, um, your product, how easy it is to sell, the economy, how budgets are structured. You know, there are a number of different things to consider yeah, as well. Market, marketing, marketing spend, for example. Um, actually, I will um, send you a, like an interesting post from um, a, a Swiss guy, Patrick Trumpy is his name, and he basically made a scale of um, the first sales hire and what you should do uh, in terms of like the hire and um, how far your organization is in sales. Great post. Uh, I can also link it into the show notes. Um, and yeah, um, nothing in that, more on that uh, on an other episode, but yeah. Um, like I think I want to talk now about like the situations that you're in because I, I mentioned it in the, at the start because um, there are of course so many different situations and we could we cannot it would be wrong to generalize it and just like talk about somebody who's in normal sales and wants to get into Texas. So um, there are three main uh, situations that are out there in my opinion. So one, you are already in sales at an agency and selling like a lower level product. Two you are in another role, for example, marketing, or let's say uh, customer success or any other different role, uh, recruiting, whatever. And three, you're um, just like out of college or high school uh, or whatever. And you thought, okay, sales might be something for me. And I want to particularly go into Texas. So let's start with the first thing. Um, what are the first steps necessary to break into Texas when you are in a sales role already? Yeah, that's actually an ideal scenario. You already have some sales experience. And so if you're coming from outside of tech, that is a huge asset. A lot of people uh, that you're going to talk to, if you're trying to go especially directly into uh, a client-facing position and maybe an account executive position, which is very hard to do, 
from outside of tech sales. If you have a lot of prior sales experience that can translate over, you can speak to that because it is directly relevant. At the end of the day, sales is sales. There are a lot of differences in terms of you know maybe deal cycle and different types of customer profiles, um, but you can definitely play that up in terms of your experience. Um, and it, it also comes in handy even if you're going into uh, uh, an SDR role where you're going to be cold calling and setting yourself up to become an AE. Um, so what you would do in that case is really you know, leverage that prior experience uh, and talk about the types of customers you sold to, um, talk about uh, the sales skills that you developed. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, and I think we will um, a bit generalize it later and just talk about it, what you should do in general, and that like leads into that basically. Um, yeah, but now... What what I, do I even have a chance if I already like been in another role? And um, I think something to consider there is also uh, like would you start? Would you say like I need to start in a junior role? And how do I get into Texas? Basically, when I'm just like in let's say HR or uh, ops or I don't know when I'm a consultant. Yeah. So are we talking about within the same organization, possibly? Oh, yeah, there's, that's another two cases. So let's start with if I'm already in the same organization. Yeah. Yeah, I think that move is going to be easier for you uh, because one of the reasons is sales has really high turnover. And so there's a high likelihood that at some point a, a position might need to be backfilled. So I would start internally communicating with people on the sales side, sales department, and you know, stay on their radar in terms of what their headcount looks like. And if they feel like maybe there's an opening or you know, they may need somebody, um, that's a good opportunity because they're much less likely to really question um, you know, all of your prior uh, experience. It's, it's not the same as kind of applying from outside. So that, that's kind of a best case scenario. I would try to get some sales experience within your org own organization if possible. Um, but if you don't have that, and like, let's say you are coming from a different background, um, I would try to see if there are any opportunities where, you know, you have interacted with sales because sales is kind of a team sport. There probably are situations where you've interacted with sales, um, or you may have, uh, colleagues that are in the sales department, um, and maybe, you know, they, they were able to talk to you about it and get, get your interest in it. So a sales manager is really going to be interested in, okay. Why transition now? You've had this prior experience in a different role. Um, and then part of it is also going to be, do you have some of those soft skills? Because even if you're in HR or you're in one of these other roles, you probably do have some of these soft skills, whether it's communication related, um, whether it's you know developing your active listening skills. Uh, that's a really big part of sales too, is having kind of those soft skills. So if you can demonstrate that you do have those soft skills, that'll really help you as well. Um, and the ability to do uncomfortable things. So if you can demonstrate that you have shown persistence in certain situations or you've handled stress well, um, those are also good traits to have as a salesperson. Yeah, and I, just like for me, I think um, I've like seen this as like from the recruiting perspective that if you apply internally, like 
um, doing first screens there uh, in sales, it's really like easy. So if you have like a role that's a junior role, like obviously not a senior role, and um, it's not required to have sales experience, I'm just like saying, hey, you know, what are your salary expectations? What is your, when could you start? And then uh, did you talk to your team lead? And then it's fine because you, like, for example, I often get from customer support to sales because it's often a salary upgrade that people want. And then I say, hey, or people tell me, hey, um, you know, I want to apply for this one. Let's talk. And then, you know, I know they know the product. They can pitch the product. They can handle objections and they know objections of the customers. Um, it's often like just go through and they have such a likelihood to get this role because often they know the salary, they know the team leader already, they know the people and they really want in this team and it's such an easy hiring process. So if you want to go into sales, I would really, really recommend to do it internally if you have the possibility um, because it's just it's just win, win, win for everybody. Uh, recruiting wins because they have an easy candidate. You win uh, like the only people or the only person who might lose is like your manager because if you're a good person but um <laughs> you can you can you can let this conflict uh get solved by hr so um like one more thing um if you go um from an outside role and you like basically have already experienced you maybe uh i don't know got laid off or just like said hey i'm going to leave I'm trying something new and uh, how do you get into a sales role if you basically are an HR person, TA person, and now you want to go to uh, sales at another company. Yeah. So in that situation, it's still very doable. Um, I would draw upon past experience. If you have anything that's a little bit more related to sales, like maybe you sold tickets or you sold, you know, uh, products while you were in college, maybe you did fundraising, maybe, you know, you worked at a, like a retail store uh, and had some sales experience there. I would draw upon that and still, you know, look look at some of those soft skills that you have in your current role. Um, but more importantly, now uh, you're going to have to take a more proactive approach. Uh, the first thing you can still do is you can leverage your prior network. Hopefully, you do have some sort of a network of people that you've met within previous companies that you've worked for. Uh, and I would just start asking them around if they know anyone that's a sales manager or anyone that might be hiring in sales. Uh, and start there because they already are familiar with you. They've worked with you. They can kind of vouch for you and, and maybe make some introductions for you. That is going to be the easiest way for you to kind of get your foot in the door. Um, and then from there, there are other ways that you can try uh, that are going to take a lot, a lot more effort, but will eventually yield you some success if you uh, basically go through the, the whole formula. Uh, and it really starts with, for example, your profile, your LinkedIn profile, your resume, yeah, really definitely. having that highlight uh, your prior experience and what you're looking for. I think that's a start. And then start following actual salespeople on LinkedIn. Uh, start looking at their content and, and commenting on their content and find an opportunity to DM some of these people. Uh, maybe take a sales course or, or buy some sales frameworks uh, and use that as an opportunity to build a mentor relationship with somebody who is successful in sales and is probably mm -hmm. well-connected. That can yeah. definitely help you out quite a lot. And people Absolutely. don't talk as much about those uh, you know, ways online. They focus a lot more on 
oh, you need to personalize your approach and like fill out all these applications and like, you know, they tell you all these things like, oh, like, you know, message the hiring manager or call the hiring manager. Yeah, you can do that. Um, the chances of success are not going to be that great if you don't have kind of this stellar profile of having worked at these high profile companies and, and really have a solid track record. Uh, they're probably not going to give you the light of day. It's going to be a lot harder to get, you know, their attention. Um, but taking kind of these other approaches where you're leveraging prior uh, experience and connections uh, and using more of a warm approach is going to yield you a lot more success. Um, mm -hmm. And then another yep. thing you can do too is you can also reach out to recruiters. There are some out there that, you know, especially when there's a, a booming hiring market, Sometimes the hiring market is not that great. Sometimes it's better than other currently, times. Currently, for example. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I feel like right now it's a little bit tough. Yeah. But uh, for sales, it's a... okay still. For sales, it's okay. Yeah, it, it can yeah. be. It just depends. Um, yeah. But, you know, you have a lot of experienced salespeople that are on the market as well that are going to be competing mm. with you. So, yeah, you're going to be wanting to look for an entry-level role, uh, probably cold calling an SDR role. There is also a website called Glen Coco which, you know, you may not make a lot of money on there per se, but you can start getting some cold calling experience by actually calling on behalf of companies. Um, just that kind of as an independent contractor, you just get on there and they'll give you a training and then you can start calling. And now you can put down your resume as cold calling experience. And that says something that you're actually going out there and being proactive and developing a skill set. Um, mm -hmm. So it shows some initiative. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there's not a lot of difference. So there's one 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 thing like there's a great filter on LinkedIn Sales now called um, where you can filter posted in the last days. And then I would just like reach out to those people because they're like more likely to reply if you engage with their content and like how you find a mentor. But I, I think finding a mentor is a different topic. Um, what do you think is different if you are a college, a college grad in terms of like breaking into sales. Do you have, because I see one thing and that is like, you have the possibility to maybe start as a working student um, or start just like as an intern um, and then basically show yourself and just like, just like squeeze yourself in. Um, is that the only difference um, between like breaking it for, or like breaking into taxes from another role versus college grad or see you, do you see any other things? Yeah, so you were saying that, you know, you could maybe get into like an internship position as a college grad? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's a huge advantage, especially while you're in college. If you can find an internship opportunity, um, that's going to be kind of the best pathway for you because now you're leveraging some experience that you have. Um, but I think that if you're just a fresh college grad, you are also at an advantage because you're, you know, you're fresh out of school, uh, you're young, you're probably willing to work hard, and people want to hire people like that. So that is kind of a profile, a successful profile, I would say, of someone that goes directly into tech sales is kind of a fresh college grad. Um, and, and, you know, you just show that you haven't gone down a certain path, so you're not having to kind of show that you're making a transition, but you can kind of line up your interest in a sense that hey i've been really wanting to do tech sales and you know i'm 
willing to start at the bottom and work my way up. Um, so yeah, I, I think you, you can be a little scrappier too, like in terms of you're probably more likely to get an in-person role or hybrid yeah. role. Uh, so if you're willing to kind of be a little bit flexible there, I think that works to your advantage as well. Mm -hmm. And I think like this, like one thing that I'm seeing with hiring managers and people hiring sales is, and that's unfortunately, but like, it's, it's true. Um, a lot of people, they're still biased by youth. So they say like, for example, if I have um, a candidate who's really experienced and like probably a bit older, say, yeah, I don't know if he's hungry still, you know, um, which is obviously a bit discriminating, but um, it is an advantage that you just can use that you can like, that we all have a bias. Like when you see a young, hungry um, guy or girl that's like really maybe uh, highly extroverted, highly ambitious, and you just feel the passion, um, then you're more likely to get hired, like especially when you're young. Um, yeah, it's it's just a fact. But um, what do you think maybe in prepping? So um, I told you what for me like the four things are um, and you added a fifth thing um, that you need um, for breaking to Texas or that a great seller needs. So what do you think is needed to break into Texas? Yeah, I would really break it down into two key areas. One is having good soft skills. And those are things like active listening and being professional, the way that you conduct yourself. And those things, I would say, maybe a little bit harder to train, but some people have them. Some people have worked on them. Your communication skills, you can definitely work on these things. You can practice public speaking. You know, you can practice, um, you know, interacting with, with people um, in different, different formats, your writing skills. You know, if you've gotten a liberal arts education or some sort of an education where you used a lot of uh, your communication skills, Those are going to come in handy. So I think the first thing you have to mentally think about is I'm not trying to sell someone. And that is a, a misunderstanding of what sales is. It's like people naturally can feel that they're being sold to. And especially when you're selling them hard or you're trying to influence them or manipulate them, people naturally can pick up on that vibe. So your job is really not to sell, but it's really to help people find solutions to problems. So if you adopt that mindset of like a problem solver, um, then naturally you're going to, to do a much better job than someone that's trying to sell something. And in addition to that, you have to be yeah. willing to do uncomfortable things. And I think this also comes down to personality because you have to be persistent. You know, you have to be willing to sometimes... Uh, cold call people and have them respond in, in ways that are very off-putting. Like they can take out their frustrations from a bad day on you or hang up the phone or write you a rude email. Those are all things that can happen. So a good salesperson doesn't let that bother them or get them down or affect their self-esteem, but they keep going and they're persistent. So yeah. you just develop, you develop that tough skin And if you're someone that has like a very fragile ego or sense of, uh, you know, uh, your, your self-worth being questioned yeah. when these things happen, it's really going to affect your performance. Yeah. Um, And that is something, a trait that actually a lot of people that are like highly extroverted have. Um, it's 
basically an insecurity. And I think um, to a certain extent, we all have it, like the more we're successful. Um, and I think you just should actually like fight it. And it just helps when somebody like tells you uh, or you have a mentor here. Um, yeah. Just like my comment on that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Did you experience that as well with people? With people as far as uh, being extroverted or uh, just in regards to... In general to... with people, like uh, with a certain type of people who would be great sellers maybe, but um, they get fucked as soon as like they get the first hard day where they get killed on the cold call or killed on the phone because everyone's like shouting at them. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say I, I've even had friends go through like very brutal sort of like you know, new hire programs were like Oracle or AT&T or these places where they'll hire tons and tons of people, but they're really just weeding them out and keeping the top few that, that are really, really resilient and hardworking. Mm. Um, but I, I definitely have experienced that with my friends who were not able to continue that kind of uh, pace and put yeah. up with, uh, you know, really being questioned all the time being questioned on, you know, uh, mm. why they were calling and, and just their ability to kind of respond to clients consistently um, really just, mm. I think, affected them mentally. Like they weren't yeah. able to really uh, continue to, to power it should. through. It should. Yeah. And it's, it's also like what I was referring before. Um, that you get a lot of people get burned into like burned in their sales first sales job. So um, it's basically they start out in sales and then they just like founder in them and they need to go cold call and there's nothing there and they get pressured because like people are like how, how they are. Founders have pressure as well and then they um, put pressure further on the rep and then they like quit after three months, never do sales again, uh, hate it um, and just want yeah every time they, they hear sales they they dream bad so um that's a pity and i would say but uh, to summarize it what is needed to yeah. break into texas in my opinion in my opinion four things and you added a fifth one a high iq so really like being intelligent understanding accounts getting hypotheses on accounts high eq really understanding what the person really said and needs um coachability to a certain extent of course especially when you're young uh, but also when you're a senior rep already um, you need to learn you need to seek advice um you need to be just coachable for your manager and then also a certain extent of control so what happens when you get in those pressure situations when you don't reach your goals um and i think also, to a certain extent, these things lead up to the things that you said. And of course, you need the tech experience. So um, how do you get those skills if um, you like have a mentor or do you have even any courses um, that you recommend? Yeah, fortunately, there are some amazing content creators on LinkedIn, people that are sharing their expertise, some people that have transitioned full-time into coaching or have just come up with uh, frameworks and different things that you can purchase. Pe people so like you, you are looking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I definitely am, am willing to to share, uh, you know, what I've learned along the way. Um, and I wouldn't say that I'm a sales coach or anything, but I can help guide people in the right direction. Um, and I, I think part of it is the mindset shifts are very important as well. Um, but to actually develop some of those skills 
and a lot of the things that you can work on, I would recommend people like Salman Mohiuddin, Kyle Ace, uh, Nate Nasrallah, Jen Allen, Knuth. Um, those are you know the types of people. There are several others yeah. as well, uh, depending on which area you want to focus on. Um, that can really accelerate your learning. And Absolutely. they have frameworks, they have courses, and you don't have to spend a ton. But, They're free. You know, They're free. A lot of the stuff yeah. is free. And most of the content's been put out there already on LinkedIn. Um, you can just read through it and, uh, you know, definitely. accelerate your um, learning. Definitely. Um, so if you need some advice for people, uh, follow Saif and, uh, no, uh, just text us. And we I have a list even prepared uh, of people that you should follow. Um, But yeah, now moving on. The next step, we have the skills now, uh, or we think that we have the skills. Um, now I have my company, I want to apply. Um, so what can I do to stick out? Should our message maybe the hiring manager or the recruiter um, or like maybe cold call them even and yeah, um, maybe draft this fancy CV. So what do you think is the most important things or are the most important things in approaching your application, crafting your application, and also then doing the initial application and sticking out. Yeah, so there is somebody named Austin Belsack. I, I do recommend checking out some of his content in regards to kind of that whole process and um, also the writing the resume part. Um, you know, there are definitely resources online where you can find how to write an effective sales resume. What you really want to highlight Uh, your experience uh, and give give the background information. I find that a lot of people will omit things like, you know, how many people were on your team? Okay, it's great that you hit your quota or that you were the top performing rep, but you know, what were the circumstances around that? What was the deal size? Uh, what was, you know, um, the territory or the average, you know, deal cycle length? All these different kind of variables people are going to be curious about. So you want to include that information. Um, from there, I think it's very important to do your research and not just maybe apply to like a hundred plus companies, but pick out a few that you really want to work at. And a good starting place is repview.com because you can start by looking at things like quota attainment and product market fit, which are probably the top things you should be looking at product market fit being a very, very important one, because if you don't believe in the product or you don't feel like uh, the product is a good fit for the market, then you're going to have a hard time selling it and you're going to have a hard time believing that it's something that uh, is worth buying. Um, so I would start there, make a short list of companies that are hiring. And there are also people online that have posted the number of positions that are open for certain roles and you can get get a feel of which companies are hiring a lot at a certain period of time so sometimes like hubspot uh, was hiring for for like 2000 sales reps last year or something like that some crazy number so that's where you kind of want to focus your energy is where you're going to get a larger return if you're early in your career you also want to think about am i going to an organization that's really going to train me well Uh, and is going to give me sort of a solid foundation and a good logo because logos are kind of important unfortunately you know that's one thing that people will look at uh, as you continue to grow in your career especially if you're going to transition to another role later having a good company on your resume and good training behind it 
is going to make a big difference. Uh, you know, or you might go into a startup and, you know, you have to learn a lot of these things on your own, uh, but there's a higher chance that you'll get promoted faster. So it's kind of a trade-off that you have to understand. So understand the mm-hmm. dynamic of the the company that you're applying for. And here's like a, a super, um, I would say, effective tip that everybody should be utilizing is you should be messaging people that are already in that role that you want. And if you reach out to like 10 people, at least one person will be like, okay, yeah, um, I'm, I'm happy to share some information with you. Now, it is also important how you message that person. You know, what you want to say is something like, hey, like I've done my research on this company. It's, it seems like a good match based on my background for th- these reasons. I'm just curious what uh, potentially working on a team with someone like you might look like. Was wondering if you might have a little bit of time to, to talk uh, during the week. Uh, and then don't take too much of their time. I mean, if you do approach it in, in a good way like that, chances are they might give you a little extra time anyway. Um, but there are people that they've done the same thing whenever they applied for companies. So good reps do this. You know, they talk to other reps that are already working there, or you can look at people that have previously worked there. You know, why did they maybe move away from the company? And they'll maybe give you some extra details that someone working at the company is not going to talk bad about it, but they might tell you if they left the company, they might tell you things that could help you. And maybe you don't even want to work at that company anymore. Um, and then from there, you know, once you've gathered that information, ask for an introduction or just if they're not willing to introduce you, they don't know you that well, that's, that's totally fair. But they might be able to give your name to the HR person so that your name doesn't get lost in the pile of resumes. That's something you should ask for. Or they might be able to, able to just mention to their manager or to the hiring manager, whoever it might be, maybe not on their team, that someone is looking for a role and that you talk to them and they, they seem like they might be a good fit. Those little things can really help you um, and stay in touch with that person. So they'll tell you what that hiring manager really cares about. What's their personality like? And now you want to take an additional step. And if you really uh, have done your homework and you've crafted a good message, you can send that message to the hiring manager as well. And you want to keep it brief, but you want it to show that you've done a little bit of research on the team, the person, the opportunity, and it's not a generic kind of cookie cutter message. You can also send a video, but keep it very short. You know, uh, definitely under a minute, maybe like 30 seconds, just like a quick clip. Um, I think it just shows a little bit of initiative. It shows what type of a rep you will be if you do join the team. And especially in sales, people are looking for people that, that show those sales skills already. So just use that as an opportunity to show what kind of a salesperson you would be uh, and follow up with them. You know, if they don't reply right away, give them a few days, reply again. Um, and, you know, do that for the, the rest of the companies on your list. Uh, I don't know if there's anything I missed there, but. No, I think that's, that's it. Um, I, and I think that's uh, like increasing the chances of you getting like to the next interview uh, very, very um, much. So um, now we are in the first interview. So um, I could tell you like a million things to do there, but what, do you, what are your things or what, what in your opinion are the most important things to do when going into a first interview, how to act? Because in fact, it's a very careful situation. You're talking to a recruiter who's just checking hard facts most of the time that 
tick boxes he has in his head. You don't know them. And he's just like, and you might even be the best person. You might, the hiring manager might love you, but it doesn't, yeah, um, get you anything if you don't even get to the hiring manager screen. So how do I pass the recruiter screen? Yeah, so generally in these situations, if, if they've taken uh, the time to get to this part, uh, they've probably pre-screened you to some degree. Uh, but like you said, they are just kind of checking boxes. Um, at this point, you want to make sure that your experience lines up uh, with the job description. That's really important. And you want to also, you know, maybe frame your experience in a way that also is conducive to the job. So it also matches up with the job. Um, so for like, for example, if you have a title that doesn't necessarily say account executive, but you had account executive like responsibilities, like maybe it was, uh, it had some sort of like a different title to it, um, but it was a client facing sales role and you were dealing directly with clients and selling a product. Um, you know, mention that, you know, clarify those things. Um, you can also, you know, maybe put account executive as the title, but then explain that, okay, if that ever comes up, it's like, oh, okay, you had a different title. But so there may be some questions around that. Um, but you want to just learn how to tell your story in like a very succinct way that matches what they're looking for in the position. Um, and just be yourself, you know, talk about it from the perspective of, of who you are, not who they're trying to hire. And that naturally will shine through. Um, Amy Volus actually recently talked about that on LinkedIn. She's she's also a great follow, uh, especially if you're trying to, to find a job. So, yeah, I would say it's also going to come in handy if you've previously talked to a rep that's already on the team. Once again, that's going to be a huge advantage throughout the entire interview process, starting from the beginning. Definitely great insights. I think it's also important to just, yeah, um, play your um, poker um, game face and just also find out <laughs> a bit um, what the recruiter actually wants. Because, um, for example, if you say, hey, um, my salary is this, and he might say, no, it's too high. Uh, and he might not even tell you, but just reject you. Because, you know, in the end, it's human. And um, they are just like ticking hard facts. And um, if you are not able to, for example, explain that you, um, I don't know, just did cold email in your, or you said, what was your main sales channel? Yeah, uh, it was primarily email. But you also did a lot of cold calling and they're searching for cold calling experience. Um, and that's why you don't get through. Can be critical sometimes. And um, also don't talk in like any... Um, yeah, technical language, technical sales language. Just talk in language they understand as well. And then um, I'm sure you get through. Um, and also, yeah, be enthusiastic, be nice, uh, be proactive. Always write an email in, within 24 hours after the interview to them that you want to proceed. Because often recruiters, they're not sure. They say, hey, I'm not sure um, if I let this candidate through or not. And um, then your email can be, hey, you know, uh, why not? And um, people underestimate it. And um yeah, uh, that's just that's just like advice from myself. But then we go into the more technical sides to the interviews with sales directors, your managers. So what do you think is important to that? Yeah, so the sales manager, uh, there can be a lot of variations 
in different personalities uh, and different things that they might be looking for. Um, now, if you don't want to be completely in the dark, just like a good salesperson, you've done research and you've combed their LinkedIn profile, you've done some additional research. If you want to go the extra mile, try to find something interesting or just kind of less well-known about them and, and bring it up somehow in the conversation, weave it into the conversation. Um, like I've had people that I've talked to that, you know, we shared some sort of a common interest or it was something that was, you know, relatively obscure, like, you know, maybe having studied uh, some philosophy book in college that other people wouldn't normally be, you know, familiar with or, you know, having read Nietzsche or, or you know, one of these great authors. Uh, th those are things that normally don't come up in conversation, but it's like, oh, okay, you know, you've actually opened up another opportunity to connect with that person. Uh, that, and that's a great way to kind of start building that rapport from the, from the very beginning. Hopefully you have also, like I mentioned previously, talked to somebody on the team and, and asked them kind of what, what to expect going into this call and what they might be looking for, what their personality is like. Um, but really, you want to tell the story of you know, where you started from and where you're trying to go and how your experience really lines up with the position. And um, you, know, you, you really want to show a lot of curiosity. And that's something that, that I've been cur criticized for kind of in some of my interviews uh, earlier on as well, where I didn't show enough curiosity. I didn't ask enough good questions, which doesn't show as much interest in the position. If you don't do that, they start to question whether you're really invested, whether you really want the job, uh, you know, whether you're really going to put in the effort and really learn about the industry. So you've done some industry, uh, industry research, product research. Um, they may ask you questions about that. Um, and yeah, it, I would also look at maybe the role and ask questions like, you know, why is this role available? Is it because the company is expanding or are you trying to backfill a position? Did somebody leave? You know, try to understand some of the, the, under, the underpinnings of why that job is available. And remember that you are hiring or you are interviewing them just as much as they are interviewing you. So if you have sort of this abundance mentality and you see yourself as someone of value that's bringing value to an organization, that should also reflect. And that goes kind of back to the inner game as well and having that kind of mental fortitude, knowing your self-worth. Um, so that's kind of the general approach. Now, there are like deeper interview guides from people like Salman. There, there are things online that can kind of guide you through more, prepare for specific types of questions that you're probably going to get asked. Some are behavioral questions. Some are sales questions. Walk me through a sales process. And another thing that's really important here, and I, I learned this from uh, Danilo. I don't know if you know him, but he's uh, also on LinkedIn. But he talks about how you should try to be memorable in the sales process so, or in the interviewing process. And one of the ways you do that is by having like sort of a personal story. You know, Talk about your why. like What really gets you up in the morning? What is your ultimate goal? Like we all want to earn money, but like, do you have sort of a mission in life? Like for, for certain people, like Danilo talks about pretty publicly is, you know, wanting to retire his mom. 
And so that's memorable. You know, I think of Dinlo, I think of his mom. There's a story. It's like the emotional part of my brain now is connected uh, with him. Uh, and then when you talk about certain parts of your sales process, have that be memorable too. Like, oh, I have a three-step, uh, three-part cold calling framework. And it starts like this, this, this. And if you've actually taken a little bit of initiative and written out some of these actual scripts, like potential scripts that you would actually use if you were in the role to the same ICP, which, which is the customer profile that they sell to, uh, which you've already found out because you've done the research and who they sell to, um, that's going to show a lot more initiative. You know? The more prepared you are coming into this, I think the better it's going to be for you. And you should have like sort of a, a brag book of things that you've achieved in the past, whether it's you've hit certain uh, benchmarks or milestones as a salesperson. If you have prior sales experience, talk about you know your stats. Maybe you have some screenshots of when you hit quota, things like that. Different types of praise that you might have gotten from other people on your team, recommendations. That's all going to help you as well. Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, I think just reading those things, just searching, how can I improve my interview process, and just not like, uh, okay, letting it, um, letting it be, and just go in there and just, I'm the best salesperson. It just gives you gives you such an edge already, and so much confidence upfront, confidence upfront. Um, because most people that go into interviews, they've never been a leader, yeah? And um, they don't know what they're looking for. So I think on one hand, that's very important. Um, just do your research. And on the other hand, I just thought about the scene of uh, Wolf of Wall Street where he gets into the office and they, Are you? did you try to sell us something on your interview, in a job interview? And I think that's memorable as well. Like, um, it's kind of risky, but it's memorable, you know? And uh, I think I love the story about like retiring your mom because then I would think as I say, hey, like this guy will do anything to reach his goals, yeah? Um, and I just like, like it a lot. So, um, in general, um, I think that's like really, really good. Um, what would you say is a good offer, a good se salary that you tr you should strive for when breaking into taxes? Because there are unfortunately also a lot of companies out there that are having unrealistic goals that are basically like, yeah, um, just not... Uh, giving you great insights on reality by giving you an OTE of, I don't know, 300K, and then it's impossible to reach the goal. So it's basically, you're a junior, you want to go into this Texas role and you want to have it, and then you think, oh, I'm going to earn 300K, mom. Uh, and then you just like earn uh, your 30K, I don't know, uh, what whatever your salary is. So how do you approach basically salary expectations when you get asked? So what you sh what should you expect? What is fair in your opinion? And what is something red flags that you should look for as um, somebody that's basically applying for the role? Yeah, so this is where that website rep view is going to come in handy because uh, that information is, is going to be available to you uh, and you can see what salaries are being commanded across the board. Um, that being said, I would try to avoid jobs that are commission only you're going to see some of those they're going to pop up um, especially if you're kind of new and you're coming from outside the industry um, those are really going to be really really tough jobs you're probably not going to make enough money uh, if you don't have the prior experience and and you really don't know what you're getting into um, so i would avoid 
kind of just taking something unless you have to. Uh, as far as like the actual monetary amount, you know, it really just depends on the organization. Uh, nowadays, I think for SDRs, they probably start around $40,000 as a base salary plus a commission based on how well you do. So if you hit 100%, typically that would be an additional 40000 So you might hit 80000 um, That's kind of a rough idea of where you might start. Um, and then from there, it can really just go up based on the organization and uh, based on your experience. That's definitely um, something that is fair. Um, so would you push back hard if you get lowballed? And otherwise, just leave it? Or would you just leave it? Um, say, hey, you know, if you do that, yeah. you're not the right organization. That says a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, if you're definitely getting low-balled, I wouldn't take the offer unless, unless you're in a really, really bad situation. But ideally, you know, you've applied to multiple places and you have a few other opportunities. Um, if you have a little bit more flexibility, I would try to get some more offers in as well. And if you really want that job, even if it might be a little bit of a lower paying job, but it's going to get you the experience and the brand recognition, it might still be worth it. It just depends. If you are getting severely lowballed, like you said, you know, that word, then definitely don't take anything that's below your, your own sense of, of dignity and self-worth. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, you're probably going to be in that position for a while and what's going to happen is you know if it doesn't end, if you end up getting something better uh, which could happen you know maybe you start that job and maybe a month later you you get another opportunity that's better and you could switch over that's a possibility um, but if you kind of stay in a position too long that you don't really want to be in uh, it's going to hurt your ability to do well. You're not going to be as motivated on the job. And then if you leave that job, now you kind of have these gaps in your resume or jumps in your resume that are not going to look very good when you go for that next job. So yeah, I would just avoid them as much as possible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. So I think onboarding is a topic um, that we should discuss on another episode, but I think this was super, super valuable. And thank you so much also for the insights and also, um, yeah, the hints where to look for help and where to look, yeah, for uh, things. So overall, um, just to summarize final words, what would you say is your final advice for people seeking going into tech sales? Should they even go? Should they leave it? Should they uh, go into marketing or try another job? And um, yeah, can people reach out to you if they um, need advice? Yeah, de definitely, definitely. If you're thinking about doing tech sales and you feel like, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge that you're willing to take on, it's not going to be easy. Uh, if you have educational experience or different types of experience where uh, you maybe have earned a certain pedigree or, or uh, status, it's all going to be, you know, starting from scratch again, you're basically going to, to start over in the sense of having to, to develop yourself. So it's a huge opportunity for growth. Also on a personal level, I don't think there's any better skill to learn in life than sales in terms of your ability to handle different types of negotiations and everything in life is a negotiation to some degree. So it can really teach you a lot about how to, to deal with other people and, and get ahead in other areas as well. 
Um, mm. I think another thing about sales too is look at it as an opportunity or a door to multiple different pathways. One, it's going to be higher paying than a lot of other entry-level jobs, but it also is going to give you an opportunity to to work with different members of the team because there is a lot of a kind of a team sport aspect, whether it's customer success or, you know, you know, working with other types of, of salespeople, sales engineers, you can always transition to different positions from sales and continue to grow maybe leadership path as well. So I would look at it in terms of, you know, a multi varied path that you can go down as a salesperson. And it'll really develop a sense of of grit and perseverance and people within the organization are going to respect that you have sales experience. So yeah, I would definitely yeah. give it a try. Thank if it's not for you, you haven't lost much. Um, Absolutely. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to talk more about that with the with anybody that wants to reach out. I know that was the second part of absolutely. your question. Can they reach yeah. out? Yes. Yes. Um, I think Saif is a good mentor to start and a good person to follow for, um, yeah, um, just developing in sales and general uh, learning stuff. And I think um, super nice guy as well. Uh, and he will definitely help you out. So um, Saif, thank you so much for the episode. Thank you um, so much for listening. And uh, like I said, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to either of us. And yeah, see you in, in the next episode. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it.